Okay. Today, I am incredibly excited to welcome uh, an amazing friend and exceptional investor, uh, Emily Zen, who is currently at NEA and previously worked at Goldman Sachs in the Treasury, PwC, all sorts of really awesome experiences. Uh, you know, I read once in a book called Designing Your Life that the most successful people can live multiple lives. And it reminds me of Emily instantly. She has a super deep, like almost at the level of being able to practice healthcare, uh, healthcare experience. And there's also a really, really sophisticated investor, ton of really cool consulting and strategy experience. So uh, a lot of different ways this conversation will go. But uh, without further ado, Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Eamon. That was a very kind intro. Yeah, absolutely. So look, I think there are a lot of really awesome ways uh, that we can take this, but I would love to just kind of start maybe super high level with your background. You've done a ton of cool stuff in the healthcare space. You've done a ton of cool stuff in the finance space. You've even had some entrepreneurial journeys looking all the way back to how Pat Park passed in, health, in uh, high school. But why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of that journey high level, and then we'll dive into each of the parts. Yes, absolutely. So I originally grew up in the Chicago suburbs in a city called Naperville and was really interested in the sciences growing up, specifically biology and chemistry. And so the natural thing back then was, all right, if I'm interested in bio and chem, then I should become a doctor. Like that seems like a logical choice. And so I did everything around that from researching at Northwestern on, on liver cancer treatments to doing mini medical school where I actually learned how to do things like deliver a baby on a mannequin or do suturing and do a physical exam. And what I realized is that I am really interested in medicine, but I also was really interested in the business side. I got involved in entrepreneurship starting in high school. I did a summer program at Penn called Leadership in the Business World, where we made a business plan for a company in a, in a group of 10. And then from there, I was just really hooked on it. And so wanted to find a way to see if I could combine both. So specifically how Park Pass was formed was after my, my time in leadership in the business world, that summer program I was talking about. I got an email about an incubator program at Harvard Innovation Lab geared towards high school students and really wanted to, to delve deeper there. And so I was also just a new driver and realized that especially in Chicago and the city, after ball games or concerts, the parking garages could get pretty crowded. And I thought, you know, what, what, what's a good way to kind of reduce the size of the lines, but also be more eco-friendly and reduce paper parking tickets. And I realized that there's the easy pass or I pass that you can use for toll collection using RFID. Why can't we just apply this to parking garage payment? And so I came up with the idea, applied to this incubator program, and ended up spending my senior year working on working on this business model and building out the business with a co-founder of mine and, and who's also from Naperville. We ended up prototyping it, ordering parts from Taiwan, actually running it in, in our Naperville parking garages and learning how to, you know, put together a startup under the lean, lean startup model. And although I decided that Parking wasn't necessarily the industry for me and decided to go to college instead and focus on that. It was it was a pretty transformative experience in terms of being interested in the innovation process in itself and also really convinced me that I did want to step further into business and life sciences. And so that that led me to thinking about where I wanted to go to school. And really, it was a mix of both 
pre-med programs or direct med schools or undergrad business or econ programs. And then there was Penn, where there are dual degree programs that actually combine both. And so that was just the perfect fit. I ended up applying early decision and getting accepted into the life sciences and management dual degree program at Penn. And, and so that's what I did and got dual degrees in both biology from the College of Arts and Sciences and finance and, and healthcare management and policy from, from Wharton. So took classes with Zeke Emanuel on the Affordable Care Act and, and learned what value-based care was back in 2015. And then that got me more interested in, in doing more in-depth health policy work. So my senior thesis ended up being on immigrant access to healthcare, actually, and, and interviewed immigrants people from different backgrounds, along with lawyers and also refugee organizations to just better understand why the uninsured rate was so much higher among immigrants compared to U.S. foreign citizens. And, and finally, just really realized that finance and understanding like how businesses grow strategically was important. So I worked at Goldman Sachs and worked in the healthcare group full time for about two years in New York City before then coming to NEA. And for me, NEA and, and venture was just the perfect way to combine the interest in early stage innovation and being able to help healthcare and life sciences companies grow and my background in the life sciences and medicine. So, so that's a bit about what led me to where I am today. Wow. I love it. So many cool topics to jump into and we definitely will around, around impact around healthcare, maybe before, you know, getting into any of that, I would love to just get your advice on what you would ta- say to call it college students or MBA students who like you are thinking about, hey, should I be a doctor? Or should I go into finance? Should I go into investing? And, and sounds like you know you kind of got to put your feet in a bunch of different pools. What is some of the advice you would call it, give it to them or even give it yourself uh, back then? Being able to understand who you are as a person and what drives your day-to-day interests as well as your overall overarching interests is important. So for me, I, I knew I was interested in the life sciences and healthcare, but I wanted to go a bit more broad and high level in terms of solving these more systemic issues in healthcare, while still getting a deep understanding of the clinical side. And so for me, venture was a really good fit for being able to think about these broad scale problems throughout healthcare and life sciences, get deep into the clinical side and, and that's what advice I would give. If you dig into the day-to-day, are you interested in actually doing what that profession does in the day-to-day? And is your personality and like what you naturally are inclined to a fit for that? Got it. Cool. So I'd love to, I'd love to talk about some of these decision points. I always like to kind of divide things into chapters. And so, you know, chapter one, really cool full circle about starting a company, talking to VCs. Chapter two, doing LBW and then applying to Penn, getting into the Wharton School, but also having this bio degree. And then, you know, chapter three sounds like like doing banking and then ultimately chapter four, maybe the venture capital. Am I thinking about those chapters correctly? What were some of the kind of pivotal learnings at each that you learned along the way? Yeah, that's definitely a pretty fair way to describe it. Maybe I would just add a, a chapter for for even before company building and just growing up with just a huge curiosity to to learn more and and being interested in the sciences and and also in in the business side growing up. In high school, like I mentioned, in in school, I was really into 
chemistry, biology, did, did chemistry Olympiad and, and whatnot, just really liked that aspect of it. And I also mentioned I was really involved in the business side. And I remember getting weird looks back then when I told people I was going to study both. And back then, I actually didn't even know really what the opportunity set in venture capital was in, in high school until I until I pitched to investors. And I was like, this is a pretty cool position to be able to like talk to founders and, and learn more. And, and so that was my first kind of exposure to venture, but it was always something in the back of my mind kept growing to be more interesting. So then kind of fast forward to chapter two with, with Penn, when I went into the LSM program, I didn't necessarily know specifically how I wanted to combine the two degrees with business and biology. I was still taking pre-med classes thinking that, you know, I might go to medical school. I mean, even today, it, it may be an option, who knows, right? I think that I still have so much admiration for, for physicians. And I started just trying to think about how you can combine both fields. And so really wanted to dig deeper into things like health policy, healthcare investment banking, healthcare venture capital, did things like the Wharton Impact Investing Partners Club, where I got to actually do early stage investing with a focus on impact, and also was co-chair of the Social Impact Advisory Board, because I wanted to think about how you could combine the impact side and do well while doing good. So short way of saying is, I just was trying to figure out a way to actually use my degrees. So healthcare banking seemed like a good place to start, given I'd be able to work with large companies, small companies, do things like M&A, help the companies raise money. And so that that led into my chapter three, which, which was starting out my career at Goldman. And I think that was just a fantastic training grounds for being able to learn about how companies make strategic decisions, whether it's doing an IPO or whether they should buy a company or, or whether it's time to sell and also being able to work with management teams for companies of varying sizes. And what was reinforced at that time was my interest in working with smaller companies, especially smaller to mid-sized companies, because I just felt like there is more of there to shape strategically. And then I also really just appreciated getting to take a company public, which felt like really, really exciting. So that along with my experience starting a company back in the day, I had also worked at two digital health startups while at Penn, one called Neuroflow in the behavioral health space and one called Healthy in the telehealth practice management space for nutritionists, along with my experience doing impact investing and working with early stage companies at Goldman. That really led me to realize that early stage companies was something I'd wanted to delve into further, which led me to to venture. And NEA specifically allows me to focus on healthcare investing, invest across sectors from digital health to life sciences and biopharma and stages. So getting to do everything from company incubation to venture investing and growth investing. So I, I thought that would be just like a great way to enter in to investing and focus on as broad of stages as I could, along with being able to do both the digital health side and the life sciences side. Got it. I love it. So much, so much awesome experience across all sorts of different healthcare, all the way from mini med school to working on immigrant policy for your thesis to, you know, working with the large companies, taking them public, and then ultimately now doing all sorts of, of different investing, which I think is, 
is really, really exciting. I would love to just double click there into one area that, that seems to be a thesis really across your trajectory, which is around, you know, impact. You know, in college, you were involved with a number of different kinds of social impact consulting groups, and then done some really cool stuff around um, helping minorities, particularly women, get break into this industry that can be pretty notoriously difficult to break into. So, you know, maybe transitioning a bit into the impact side of things, I'd love to hear just kind of your overall philosophy on, on having an impact in maybe this industry and personally beyond that. Definitely. Well, I feel like how I think about impact is both the macro impact I want to have and then the day-to-day impact that I, I'd like to have. And, and so in terms of macro impact, I've always just had this fascination and desire to be able to expand accessibility of healthcare and also improve the quality of care and make it just more cost accessible to folks too. And coming from a family of immigrants, my parents being immigrants from from China and also having done research on on immigrant access to healthcare and just meeting many different folks throughout throughout my life who are from many different countries or refugees or just from frankly areas that have many different healthcare systems have a desire to just make sure everyone can get the care that they need and that spans everything from Medicaid or, you know, uninsured populations to certain cultural forms of care to women's health, right? Whatever the underserved population is, definitely have this desire from a macro standpoint to, to be able to help that. And so what that looks like is I've dug into areas like social determinants of health, health equity. I've looked into companies that are really more culturally focused or at least have a consideration for things like language and things like cultural forms of medicine, which, which I believe is really important to take into consideration. And then on a more day-to-day side, I've realized just how fortunate I am to have had brilliant mentors growing up, to have a supportive family and supportive friends, and to even just have the resources that I did in Naperville at Penn to be able to explore the areas I was interested in and to have the resources and the knowledge base to figure out what venture was and and be able to pursue that. And so what I really care about is being able to empower other people with those same opportunities who might not necessarily naturally know about these opportunities because frankly, it it is pretty confusing to, to navigate that first job out of college or a career transition. And I know that if I definitely felt challenges with it, other people who may not be equipped with the same resources will, will probably feel that even to a greater magnitude. And I, I feel like with the right opportunities, like everyone can kind of achieve their potential. And I, I really think that's awesome. Like I, I just love mentoring folks. And so how that looks like today is, is I try to, be able to share my own experiences to, to folks that are going through similar things. So for me, I'm, I'm involved in a few female focused investing networks and organizations or female founder focused organizations. So one example is Synergist, and it's a network of 
of over a thousand different female investing professionals across venture capital, private equity, and hedge funds, public investing. And so essentially, I'm currently the co-president for the Synergist SF chapter, and I help to organize a ton of different events, whether it's helping investment makers or consultants or anyone from any background, even college students, to break into finance or break into investing. Or it could be connecting folks with executive coaches, having a mentorship program between principals and VPs and associates just entering into investing. Or it could be we we did a panel on females of different corporate boards, how you can add value as as a board member. And we also just do fun social events. It's just really nice to meet other like minded individuals who are doing the same thing where you can just talk about how your career path is going and just help each other in the process. Another organization I'm involved in is called All Raise. And so it's a group of female founders and and funders as well, and really just meant to promote more, more female representation in the industry, because most of the startups today are still run by white men. And female founders and CEOs are are invested in at a much lower rate than than male founders. And so I think it's just so important to bridge the gap because ultimately the companies that we are we are investing in and the companies that are forming, right, they they are supposed to be geared towards representative of society, which is about half women and and definitely, definitely shaped by all all people of, of different cultural backgrounds too. And so I think that should be reflective in the people starting the companies. And, and that's kind of how I think about trying to help folks who are underrepresented minorities and, and females on, on both the investing side and also mentoring different founders from underrepresented backgrounds as well. Great. So, so much interesting content to jump into here. I want to look at both of these, both the macro side of things around extending access, expanding accessibility to healthcare and also the micro side, but maybe starting with the micro side, you know, you're involved in these, these really amazing mentorship organizations. Question for you is what does great mentorship look like? And maybe for some of the folks who, and maybe this question goes both ways, what does a really great mentor look like? What are the things that you should be doing as a mentor? And then how do you find a great mentor? What does a great mentee relationship look like? That's a great question. In terms of what makes a great mentor and a great mentee. So on the mentor side, first and foremost, listening is is very important. So really just trying to understand like what, where's the mentee coming from? What is their background? And, and, realizing that it's it's not just a one-sided relationship, but I think there's a lot of two-sided learnings that can take place, even as a mentor. Like I've learned a ton from my own mentees as well. And then from the mentee side, I actually got got some advice from a talk with Shelly Archambault, who's, who's a really fantastic woman. And she came to give a talk to NEA and also to Synergist. And one of her points of advice for being a mentee is to follow up, right? that mentors actually, what they really are happy about is when they realize you put their advice to use and and what was what came out of it, right? So being able to close the loop and say, hey, like, really appreciate the advice that you gave me, you know, a few months ago, well, this was the outcome of it, I got the job, or this happened, or I learned these things. And, and that's something that I realized, like, that is really important, it isn't just about taking, but then it's it's about coming back and following up and saying, I really appreciated this. And this is what happened. Because 
at least as a mentor, like it's so relatable. Like I definitely am so happy to hear when someone I helped, you know, get into school or helped to get a get a job in finance or be able to like make the jump into healthcare or even just think through something, right? Regardless of the outcome, like I really appreciate that follow up. So I thought that was a really good piece of advice really well put. It's something that we can all kind of think about, I'm sure, in both mentor and mentee relationships. Now, I'd love to transition now to the macro side of things. And this might jump a little bit on your healthcare expertise, but it sounds like, you know, at NEA, you have this this amazing breath to look at all sorts of different types of companies from incubating, which is literally creating it to, you know, these growth stage investments. I imagine that that investing position really plays a role into how you think about expanding access to healthcare would love to just talk through how you think about that professionally in your own job and your own day to day. What does the macro level impact of expanding accessibility to healthcare look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So in terms of areas, I do feel like healthcare in itself is something that lends itself very well to impact because at the end of the day, we're trying to improve access, quality, and or cost. And all those things really can can help improve how folks are getting care. So I think overall, that's what really draws me into the impact of healthcare. And then diving more deeply in terms of thematic focuses, I've been spending a lot of time in areas like Medicaid, areas like social determinants of health and how that ties into the actual clinical delivery of care and care pathways, along with areas like women's health, behavioral health, and just how do you tie in culture and where someone is from and their background to also integrate that into the care journey. And so through working on all of these themes, what I've realized is a lot of it is a business model challenge too. It's like, how do you align how an organization and different stakeholders make money with what's doing the best for patients? And Sadly, sometimes in this fee-for-service system, incentives can actually be misaligned to where sometimes making more money can actually result in a patient outcome that isn't as favorable or doing what's best for the patient isn't the most economical, right? And so it's important when when founding a company and, and what's most sustainable is when you can align both of those and be able to find a business model that works for the patient first and foremost is doing what's good for the patients and and the members of of a health plan or, or whatnot while still being just the easy choice right economically and so that's when I feel like you have the most successful and sustainable business model in healthcare. And that's what also makes it really difficult because there are so many stakeholders. You have the health plan and the payer, or you have self-insured employers, the patient or consumer, you have the providers. And it's also very different in every region you go to in the US. And so it's definitely challenging from a business model perspective, but it's just really beautiful when the business model comes together with the end impact of doing what's best for a certain patient population and then comes together with the clinical model of it's very easy to use and and providers and doctors, nurses are actually 
able to use it as part of their day-to-day, whether it ties into the EHR or it, it doesn't require much, much extra lift. It's in practicality pretty hard to achieve all of those, but I think that challenge is also pretty exciting to get to work on and think about every day. I love this. I know you and I can talk pretty deeply about these topics and I love just learning from you. You know, one of the things that would be helpful as I think about, you know, our target audience, you have just such a such a deep understanding of of investing, of healthcare. This might be a loaded question, but I'd love to learn just kind of where you picked all of that up. Is it, are there books that you like or were there mentors? Was it just kind of getting hands-on experience? Were there particular kind of areas that you dove into that helped kind of build that knowledge base or was a lot of it just kind of on the job at NEA? Yeah, a lot of it I feel like is just through meeting different companies. It's through just reading newsletters so or listening to, to podcasts. So, so mm-hmm. similar to this one and a, a few newsletters that maybe get a lot of these are venture focused, but, but definitely kind of the fierce healthcare and fierce biotech ones. There's, there's some good ones from Axios, Axios Prorata. And I just try to follow all the different fundings in, in the healthcare space, especially in, in areas of, that I'm interested in to be able to then dig into the companies and understand what they do. And then another thing that I've been trying to, to, to do to learn more is to just pick a topic and, and focus on it every month or two, or for two months and just delve into it to understand the companies in the landscape, to understand how one differentiates, what are the major problems and solutions in a space? Because I feel like healthcare and even technology, which is more broad than that, is so many different areas. And sometimes it can be overwhelming to try to like learn a whole industry in a month or a day, but it makes it a lot more achievable if you just pick one area to focus in on, whether it's behavioral health or healthcare payments or or women's health or whatnot, being able to just spend a certain amount of time on that. And then in, in, in the free, you know, hour or two hours, you have a week being able to just read and, and absorb to, to learn more. Gosh, this is, this is so incredibly insightful. I, I want to ask you one, one last question, um, Emily, on, on maybe kind of summarizing a lot of this, because I think your experiences have been just so cool and, and so interesting in terms of all of the different areas where you touched finance broadly and also healthcare, you know, broadly over the years and the knowledge base that you've built across all of these. And, and that question for you is, you know, let's say you're having a conversation with someone who isn't quite sure they want to do venture capital, they don't know a lot about it, or they don't know many people who are in it, it's a small industry. If you had to pitch kind of what, why they should join the industry, what are some of the things that you love about what you do today? For sure. I really enjoy my job. So I feel like this is a pretty, pretty easy to answer, but I I think it really depends on what people are interested in. Venture is super interesting because you get to learn something new every day. And I truly mean that always meeting with new founders and companies that are mission driven, where someone is just so dedicated to, to solving a problem that, that they're willing to make the leap to make it happen. Right. And then getting to then invest in these companies and build them and grow them to a place where 
not only are you helping that founder and their family to achieve the dream that they've set out to have, but making a huge impact to society on, on a broad basis is, is really exciting. It, it gives you the chance of getting to constantly learn and, and satisfy in that sense of intellectual curiosity while being able to make a pretty broad impact and choose where you put your money to align with, with the areas of interest you have and, and believe in and almost be able to shape the future and, and have a vision for where the future is headed and then be able to put dollars and also being able to put time and connections and help to making that future a reality. Wow. I could not have put it better myself. I think I'll save a little snippet of that recording for anyone who asked me about why the industry is interesting and share that with them. Uh, Emily, just wanted to say thank you so, so much for taking the time out. This was incredibly, incredibly informative. So cool to go through all your neat um, experiences and learn from what you've been doing at NEA. Really, really exciting. Thanks so much, Eamon. This is definitely a fun conversation and really appreciate the time.